Hey guys, welcome to the Chatterseed Podcast. This is a father-daughter podcast where I and my dad hey. talk about movies. Today's movie is Black Orpheus, and dad will give some fun facts before we go into the plot. Yes, Black Orpheus is a 1959 movie, romantic tragedy. It was very well received. Uh, it was directed by the French director uh, Marcel Camus. And it starred an American-born French actress, Marpeza Don, and a Brazilian soccer player, professional soccer player, uh, Breno Mello. You probably pronounce it Mayo. I don't know. Mello. I don't speak Portuguese, but this is a Portuguese-language film shot in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, yeah. It has English subtitles. It has English subtitles for us, yeah. It won... The Palm Door, I think, at the 1959 Cannes Film Festival, and it won the 1960 uh, Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. Also won uh, Golden Globe for Best Foreign Film. Lots of awards. Lots of awards, and the main actors are beautiful, like uh, Marpessa Don and uh, Breno Mello are beautiful people, and uh, I think. Uh, Marpessa was something of a muse for the director because he married her after this really? movie. Yeah. Uh. They, the, the marriage did not last, but uh. clearly he was uh, taken with her. And it's a beautiful movie about beautiful people shot in a beautiful place. It's yeah, really... it was pretty. So why don't you tell us, it's based on a Greek myth. Uh-huh. Uh, so you of talk Orpheus about that? and Eurydice. Yeah. So... The Greek myth. I love Greek mythology. I think it's pretty cool. Anyways, so, um, Black Orpheus is based off, obviously, like we said, the tale of Orpheus and Eurydice. So, Orpheus was, like, the greatest musician and poet, like, ever, and he and Eurydice were in love. Eurydice, however, was being chased by a satyr who wanted to kill her, and at some point she fell, and by the time Orpheus reached her, she was dead. And the snake that had bit her was slithering away. Orpheus was heartbroken, major depresso, like sad, sad songs he would play. And eventually he decided he wanted to get Eurydice back because he barely had a life with her. So he decided to take a trip down to the underworld and paid Hades and Persephone a visit. And he played them the song of his love for Eurydice which was so sad and moving that all the underworld just kind of stopped for a minute and was, like, sad. So Hades granted Orpheus's wish on one condition. Orpheus could not look back for Eurydice until they were both out of the underworld. So that was tough because, you know, he wanted to make sure Eurydice was following him, but he tried his best and walked up and out of the underworld, and once he was out, he turned back, but forgot that he couldn't look back until Eurydice was out too, and so he lost her forever. So, even more depressed this time, because he tried to get his love back and then just completely lost her. And so, it says that he sat in the woods and just played sad sad love songs for, you know, the rest of his life about great loves. And while he was playing one of these songs, um, there were these three maidens who, you know, would watch him and stuff, and they did not like that someone who sang of such great love would not ever love them, because after he lost Eurydice, he swore never to love again. 
And so because of their jealousy, they killed him. And that brought him back to the underworld and he was able to be with Eurydice for forever, which was sweet. So Black Orpheus is a somewhat modern take on that. And like we said earlier, it's set in Brazil. And basically this guy, Orpheus, um, is like the ladies' man. Yeah, Orfeo. Orfeo, yeah. And um, so all the girls like him, and he's engaged to Mira, this one girl. And he does not even, I don't think, love her or anything. She just kept begging him and begging him and begging him to marry her. And so she bought herself an engagement ring and took him down to the court to get the marriage license. And he was just kind of like, okay, whatever, like, fine. But that same day, Eurydice came to stay with her cousin Serafina, and she was running from a man who wanted to kill her. And as soon as Orpheus met Eurydice, he, he fell instantly in love because of the old story. And so, throughout the movie, like, Earl in the very beginning, he, like, is playing his music, and she hears it, and she's like, this music is beautiful. And then he, like, notices her, and, like, he gets her to fall in love with him. So they fall in love, but he's steering, still engaged to Mira. And, um, they're ha they get ready for this festival. For yeah, carnival. Carnival, right. So they're getting ready for this festival, and Orpheus is obviously, you know, the main guy, dancer, whatever, in charge. Mira is supposed to be the lady to dance with him and stuff. And Serafina, Eurydice's cousin, does, like, the costumes and is also supposed to be in the show. But her soldier boyfriend or whatever comes to hang out. And she knows that Eurydice is in love with Orpheus. So she's like, why don't you take my place because my costume will disguise your face? And so Eurydice takes Serafina's place and she gets to dance with Orpheus. And once Mira realizes that it's um, Eurydice and that Orpheus is in love with her, she, like, is crazy mad and crazy jealous and tries to kill her. And all the while, Eurydice is in love with Orpheus, but also her killer followed her and found her in Brazil. And so during the performance... When Mira finds out about Eurydice, she chases Eurydice with whatever weapon she can find, a piece of metal from a flow, like whatever, and chases her, and Eurydice runs. Eventually, Mira gets stopped by the crowd, but the killer starts to follow Eurydice, so she just keeps running and running, and finally she gets to, like, this train station, like yeah. the metro or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and she goes, and she's trying to get away from her murder, and she climbs up on top of one of the metro buses or whatever, and it's holding on to the power line. And Orpheus obviously sees that Mira's trying to kill her, and so's the killer. And so he starts to chase after them, and he gets to where they are, and um, he yells for Eurydice, and then Eurydice yells for Orpheus. And he goes to turn on the lights so that he can see, but in, doing, but in turning on the power, Eurydice's still hanging on to the power line, so she gets electrocuted and falls off and dies and you know Orpheus is like so depressed and he goes and like is trying to he's kind of because he's so sad he's in denial he's like she can't possibly be dead she's not dead she's not dead even though people said that she's already at the morgue and so he goes to 
the hospital, I think, and tries to find her there. He doesn't find her there. He goes to, like, an office building to see for the missing persons report. Doesn't see anything about her. Just a bunch of paper. And so the janitor who's in the office building takes him down the flights of stairs. And they have this really cool effect where they put, like, at the very bottom level, like, red lighting. So it looked as though he was descending into the underworld, like the myth. And he goes, and they're in, like, this church, I think. Yeah, it was sort of, a, they went to see sort of a shaman. Yeah, and, and they're, like, uh, chanting, and people are, like, getting possessed by the spirits yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like a seance almost. Yeah, and at one point in um, during the seance, like, Orpheus hears Eurydice calling to him. And she's like, no, you can't look for you. You can't look for me. You just have to wait. You just have to wait. But he's, of course, looking frantically because he's like, no, I want you back. And he looks over and sees that her voice is coming from this old woman in the church. And she's like, now you've lost me forever. And so he, like, goes crazy. But the, his friends gets, get him out of the church. And he goes to the morgue to find her body. And he takes her and he walks her back up to Serafina's house and as they're walking back up the hill, like her dead body in his arms, Mira sees him with her body in his arms. And she is so furious. She throws a rock at him and like is starting to run at him. And so he backs up until he's at the edge of the cliff and she throws a rock at him and he falls down and they and he dies. And so the ending shot is like him and Eurydice's bodies on the cliffside. And that's the end. Of the movie. Yeah. Kind of sad. Yeah. So, how did you like this one? I really liked it. I mean, I'm a sucker for romantics. <laughs> for romance, even if it's tragic. <laughs> I thought, I well, I mean, I liked this one not only because it was like a romance, but it was also based on a Greek mythology story, and I think Greek mythology is really cool. Like, I love the Percy Jackson series, and stuff like that so I don't know I really liked it and I thought it, there were some parts that were a little weird and I didn't necessarily like but um overall it was pretty good probably like a 7 out of 10 yeah yeah it's a really beautiful film and uh, there were some themes that I liked you know one of the things um this character Orfeu based on this great musician and poet has a guitar and he's a singer and a musician. He tells the little boys that he can make the sunrise with his songs. Yes, so the boys from the village come to his home in the morning to watch him play the guitar to make the sun come up. And one of them wants to play the guitar, and he explains that it's his guitar. His name, Orpheus, is on the guitar. Mm -hmm. He says, there was an Orpheus before me, and then I got the guitar. And now I'm Orpheus, and when I'm gone, I guess it'll be another Orpheus. And that little boy ended up being the next Orpheus because they saw that he died, and they're like, quick, you got to go get the guitar and make the sunrise. Right, and so as he starts to play the guitar, this little girl comes out and is dancing while he plays the music, and it's sort of like the circle of life. Like mm -hmm. you see, it's sad because of this tragic outcome in this romance for Orpheus and Eurydice. But in the end, they get to be together. Well, they, they die together. Yeah, but they're together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. And and you see that life goes on. That there's it's sort of like 
next man up. <laughs> I know. I was kind of confused why the little boys weren't like freaking sad or anything. Like no one was really sad. Mira obviously was like, no, what did I do? Not that she would have gotten Orpheus anyways. But like no one was really sad. They kind of just moved on. And I was kind of like, um, two people just kind of died. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yes. There was a little bit of urgency though because the sun was coming up. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> But like, yes, no, it's, it, but I like the, the idea that it just is sort of life goes on. It is bigger than us. I sort of like that idea. Um, but it was, it was the music in this movie is incredible. And I think inspired a lot of really great Samba, uh, in Brazil afterward. The shots of Rio de Janeiro are stunning because they live up in these, um, communities in the in the hills and the hills in rio are just stunning mm -hmm. um, and the shots from carnival were cool too yeah the setting in carnival added a lot i think of texture uh sort of visually really interesting because it's a very interesting uh cultural event there and uh, in brazil they have this so a lot of people celebrate um, Lent, a lot of Christian traditions, where you have this period of denial. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, restrict their intake of like meat and alcohol during this period, and it comes. Uh, I think it's like forty days preceding Easter, mm -hmm. and before that period, some people, in anticipation of this period of denial, Lent, have a celebrate carnival or, or this party where they sort of indulge. I think the word carnival is derivative of uh, the word meaning uh, to avoid meat. Uh, I think the same root as carnivore, right? Mm -hmm. Meat. But um, so, so anyway, the, this cultural idea of indulging before this period of denial was a very interesting setting for the, for the movie. Yeah. It was cool. I liked all the costumes. Yeah, the carnival costumes are really cool. The dancing, the music. Crazy, though. Very crowded. It was weird watching it from now in 20, 2021. I almost said 2020. It's the new year. <laughs> Doesn't feel like any year. But, um, like, watching it now where our world has been so changed for the past almost year. Like, everyone's wearing masks and social distancing. And, like, the mass crowds that are portrayed in the movie for or in any show that I watch, I kind of, for a minute, have to be like, okay, wait, that's not from now. This was, like, a long time ago. Like, it's how you see it. It's, like, totally weird. <laughs> yeah, after social distancing for a year, it's hard to remember that people used to uh, be in closer proximity and mm -hmm. not mask all the time. Well, and just in general, like, just the big crowds, if anything, not even just the close proximity, but the huge crowd, like, just everyone is pushing and shoving and, like, shoulder to shoulder, yeah, it was a beautiful sort of time capsule. It wasn't just capturing that part of the world where there's this very interesting and beautiful culture, but it's also uh, it capturing a time 60 years ago that was different. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was just a beautiful film. Yeah, it was really good. What would you rate this one? Yeah, this is also going to be uh, 9 or a 10. You know, it was... When I watched it in college, it was not the favorite of the films. My favorite of the films Before I we watched it, you were like, yeah, I didn't really like this one. But on a second viewing, I really, really, really liked it. Maybe I'm more mature now. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah. Mm, it was good. Well, thank you for tuning in. Oh my goodness. Thank you for tuning in to Chatter Seed today. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.